Flashbacks. Flashbacks. Welcome back to the Game On podcast. Our special guest today is Rodney Maynard. G'day, how are you? Thank you. Welcome, Rocket. Thanks, Malcolm. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. So let's let's go back to uh, originally. So you moved down to Adelaide to board at Prince Alfred, and when you first started at Nord, mate. Yes, I did. I, I played in the Prince Alfred first eighteen, and uh, and then it followed into the under seventeens in the same year. We played about oh, five five games pre pre. Um, um, PAC, you know, first 18 stuff, and then we went back and played finals. And I was lucky enough to play under Ian Stafford in those days, and we finished fifth in the um, finals and ended up winning the flag in 1983. Yes, and I so certainly Maynard was a very important part of that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, it, um, I had a terrific final series. I had a really good end of the season, and in the last, and and a really good final series, and. And that really negotiated my movement in the next 12 months. And, and obviously, 1984, you uh, debuted uh, against Glenelg? Yes, I did, yeah. As a 17-year-old? Yeah. As a 17-year-old, yeah. People don't realise I was as young as that when I started, but people say, you know, the Macintoshes and all that went from 17 straight into league footy. Well, I was one of those too, but because I, I don't think I continued on with league footy, I, I stepped back, well, I struggled then for a, probably... I don't know, 18 months, I suppose you would say. And then until I got myself really going again in about 87, I started to really, you know, stamp my authority on league footy. But I kind of was in and out. Well, I played up until the, I think it was the 16th or 17th round of the 1984 and moving into finals. But I kind of, I was just struggling for a bit of form late there and got dropped and David Payne took my half forward flank and I couldn't win it back. We played in the reserves grand final, and as you know, the league went on and won for a fifth spot too. So, yeah, well, yeah. Payne certainly had his influence uh, then, and you know, Glenn Vardaniga was the other one who came in late, and it was probably out of you and Glenn then, you know. Uh, so you're yep. probably a bit unlucky, and then of course you played in the uh, superstar reserve sides in '85 and '86, where yeah, yep, and played in a couple of premierships there, but yeah, reluctantly didn't work hard enough, and I, I, it's a couple of years I regret and I mean everyone has regrets in their footy career and that was two years I felt like I'd wasted you know I'd I'd, I'd stay you know got got to the level where I wanted to and I I couldn't sustain it I don't know whether it was just because I was young and a bit yeah a bit <laughs> and then the uh, the light bulb meeting virtually with Wally <laughs> yeah yeah that was pretty important I think for me I was I was nearly ready to come home to be honest with you and Wally said well have you really Given it a fair go, and I was there going, oh, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I don't realistically, I, you know, I, I think you started well, but you've dropped off. You know, where's your, you know? And he said, well, why don't you get fitter and have a real, you know, real go at it, a real crack at it? And I kind of looked at him and said, well, oh, I kind of thought, well, I went home with my tail between my legs and thought, well, Wally Miller wouldn't say that to you if he didn't mean it. So he said it with authority and said, well, I want you to have another go and a proper go. So. I came home and got myself super fit. And, yes, and that's an understatement. And I, and I also told him I wanted a, a change. I've always, I, I played forward all my life. Since I was about eight years old, I played forward. And I said to him, I probably need, I need a change. And I was about 20, I think. And he goes, well, why don't we play at 
halfback, centre halfback, or fullback. And I ended up, Tommy Warhurst did his hamstring early that season, and I ended up playing fullback with Breton at centre halfback. Yeah. In so, and things spiralled from there. So it was it was a good change, and and I ne- something I needed, and I got myself fit, and I I seemed to be able to read the game pretty well from back there, and snuck down and kicked a couple of goals too, which was always um, yeah pleasurable. So yeah, that that's a great story. I mean, a lot of people obviously know you from uh, you know playing down back, and and to, to know that yeah. you started up forward is fantastic. That's yeah. uh, that's a great little story, mate. Thank you. It's a bit ironic. Yeah, no. Bit ironic there too, Rocket. That that was probably Brenton's best year as well. And you just wonder if Brenton had stayed and played centre half back, how his career would have panned out as well. Oh, I agree totally. Well, he was in super form when I went to fullback and took Tommy's place. And unfortunately, Brenton broke his collarbone. Yeah, that's right. And I kind of Tommy was fit to come back, so I got the promotion to centre half back. And Tommy went to fullback, and and then Brenton came back in as a as a ruckman then. Because Hall and Hine, as you know, Hine moved yep. on. And Hall was always, you know, he was a bit of an in- injury regular, I call it. And um, so Brenton was rucking against guys like, you know, like Richard Lowner and <laughs> and Mick Redden and all those kind of guys. And was doing a fair job, I thought too, you know. So yeah, he just started to get, but he had a few. He had a few injuries that just at the wrong times, which didn't help his career. I thought he was unlucky in a lot of ways. And and for seven seasons, mate, uh, yourself and your brother drove down to to Adelaide uh, each, yeah. each week. Yeah, we did. Uh, it was a Thursday. Well, Breton didn't do the first five years. He only did eighty eight and eighty nine, and then he came home about halfway through that year. I did the first five on my own because I was coming. He was living in Adelaide and had a job in Adelaide. He kind of left the farm and um, had a job in town and gave it a fair crack. And I I was still doing the. Um, he had a 200k join on a Thursday night, and I, I'd come home and then again go back Saturdays. But then, wow. ironically, I got involved with the Wixers, like Tim and Simon. Or oh, well, Tim played a bit of under 17 football, yep. and I played school footy at PAC with Tim. And and he, um, I, st- I used to stay down there when we weren't busy and um, work for them on a Friday, and then play and come home. So that I did that not every week, but when we were busy. But I did that sometimes, and that I appreciated that stop over too instead of doing it Thursday night and then back again yeah. Friday night or Saturday morning and then play and then go again type thing. So, yeah. What's but we that? did it seven, seven years I did it for. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, if the Crows didn't come along, I was just about ready to, yeah, I, I was all driven out just about. So, sure. yeah. What uh, what type of mental um, uh, attitude did you need to take to that? Because that's, you know, that's a fair time sitting in the car back and forth uh, for seven years. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know the, I know the road pretty well now. Yeah. <laughs> and, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just because it's something you want to do and want to achieve. And I didn't want to leave Lamaru. I loved it home as well. And I love I love farming. I love country life. So it was. I had the best of both worlds. That's how I. That's how I should put it. So yeah. So I didn't mind hopping in the car. Mum had come with me when I'd sit on the tractors all night, and Mum had hop in with me a couple of times and. And um, give me a bit of a break, or just talk to me, and I'd, I'd drive, and she'd give me a bit of a, yeah, keep me keep me going. So I'm like when I was really tired after tractor driving all day and that. So, but it was great. I I look back and it was something that you, uh, yeah, you achieved with. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't it wasn't that bad. And I didn't, and I didn't come across any accidents, which was great. So, uh, your dedication, you know, with Mick Redden and Rick Davies and all that was pretty incredible. And, and it's, I think it also showed where South Australian footy was at at that time as well. 
Now let's go to the Crows rocket. Yep. And let's go to the fir- the trial game, the famous trial game against yep. Essendon. Let's not go so much to your playing, but a, a certain person in the crowd and uh, her attitude that night. I'm a wife. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. If I got injured, I was, I was going to. Yeah. I think I would have died. Yeah. I think she thought I was going to get an elbow in about the. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just. I think an elbow just missed me. And. Um, There's one thing about uh, that game which will never ever be broken was the crowd for a trial game. Oh, uh, that my hair on the back of my neck. I mean, you know, fourth on game is pretty big, but that the first initial into play. Essendon in the in Adelaide with the crowd on you know we'd played a few trial games at Bunbury and, and yep. Kalgoorlie through the early part but there was nothing like running out on that football park that first night against Essendon and, and I mean I and I was getting married the next day I mean how I was just in awe and the crowd like you said I've never seen a crowd standing on the standing on the rafters there was it would have been, you know they say fifty thousand I reckon there would have been sixty there it was just I unbelievable. Mean, at, and when I ran out, the roar, I mean, we looked at each other and went, wow, this is what we've been training hard for for the last four or five months, you know, since October to get to this stage and be a part of this. I mean, it was just incredible. And playing against guys like James Heard and, you know, Peter Somerville and, and you know, and, and um, Alessio and, and, and Salmon and, you know, all those guys, it was just, it was a first initial night. And, I mean, we... Yeah, it was great, and I got through. And luckily, I sure thought I was going to get whipped. An elbow just missed me or something about with about three minutes to go, and she thought, "Oh God!" But but I got to the wedding too, so that was uh, that that was okay. And football made it start, so I didn't get a honeymoon though. Graham told me I wasn't allowed to go away because <laughs> the season was about to start. But there was a lot of guys in my situation because we didn't know the crows was going to eventuate, and guys had booked in their weddings and and. So forth earlier in the year, twelve months prior, you see, and thinking yeah, they were yep. be at Nord or and all that, and then bang, the crows was was there, and I mean, where there was, it wasn't just me. There was a few guys getting married and and all that through that period, but we had to put a delay on our honeymoons and go at the end of the season. We went away for a couple of days, and that was about it, I think. And we were back training and playing, getting ourselves ready for the first game. So that's great. Uh, just going back to pre-season, there, you know, obviously the famous. Um uh, thing to happen out of that preseason was the firewalking. Uh, were, were you were you wanting to be involved with that? Considering you know you you run and run and run, and you'd have been protecting your feet, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, what an outrage that was. I mean, it was Nigel Smart's. Um, he it was his. Um, it was his idea. So Graham thought it was a great. I mean, we were hearing stories about you know in the papers and on the TV. This firewalking was a new. You know what Escalade or whatever it was. You know in the in the community and everywhere it was happening and people were trying it and all that. And Nigel thought it would be a good camaraderie builder for the for the boys. So we went through such a rigma, such an organised session. You know, it started about one o'clock in the afternoon and uh, you know watching the actual fire burn down and then going back to the you know to your rooms and and then going through a process to get yourself keyed up for it. You know, like as in holding each other's arm and walking, what you're going to say when you walk through there to keep your mind off the, the coals and all that. And, and then you go back and have a look at the fight. It was about a, it was a six to seven hour process. And I mean, and then it was all there. The coals were there and we've gone up there as a group. And of course, Nigel, he was, a, he, he, you know, instigated all the fire walking. So he, he was going to go first. So he went 
So he went, and I was, I reckon I was about, I reckon Rowie was in front of me, he was about fifth, and I was about sixth or seventh, I think. And we thought, we'll get, I think our idea was, let's get it over early so we can get out, you know, get it done and get up. We don't want to be 50 second bloke, you know, to walk across there. We might have been better being later, I don't know. But, <laughs> but we thought, get it done, get it in early, go. Like, yep. So I, know, I, just... I know. Ta- I know. Sean Tasker was. He was nice and worried because I think he was up next. So Tas- yeah, I reckon was, Tas was yeah, pretty I... happy when it got called off. Oh, well, I think we all were. Once we saw Nigel's feet, well, when Nigel walked across, I mean, he got there, which was surprising. He got over there, and um, and then he just said his feet were burning, and and then they had a look, and well, Graham and Bob Hammond and all that were there, and the doctors and said, well, we're going to put a stop to this. So that was the end of that. And then, but that guy. To his credit, he walked over and back and had no – sorry, he must have been well-trained or he had hard feet or, he'd, yep. or he'd, he was certainly – he had the psychology, you know, psychological effect on him to, to do it. But he, um, he he got across there and without a worry and he showed us his feet and went, we just went, wow. I mean, it can be done, but it must take a little bit of training and, like I said, a bit of hard – bit harder feet than we had, I think. So, but no, we didn't – Nigel was the only one and that was the end of that. So – Yep. <laughs> and then next week, the round one, um, you know, famous yep. night. Absolutely. And a certain oh, yeah. uh, Maynard in the uh, list of leading goal kickers after <laughs> round one uh, with three yeah. goals from a back pocket. Yeah, no, nah, it was just an unbelievable. Everything fell and bounced. Whatever could happen our way, it went our way. I mean, decisions, umpires, I mean, the ball, everything, missed kicks, they fall in your arms. It was just one of those nights that... You just, yeah, you take it. Because, SN, I mean, Hawthorne had won the um, night grand final, I reckon. Yep, yep. And plus, we beat them by 13, but they went on to win the premiership that year too, mm. I reckon. Yep, certainly did. And uh, But, yeah, it was just one of those unbelievable. We just played above us. And that was another huge night for the footy club, playing the first home game at Footy Park and having the crowd. And, yeah, I mean, because we had all Adelaide behind us. I mean, there was no port power in those days, as you know, and, the whole, you know, nearly the whole Adelaide was, to be honest. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic win. As I said, you know, winning, beating Hawthorne 23 to 9 or whatever it was. And, yeah, we're, like I said, I just fell into a few vacant areas in the forward line and the ball would land on your chest or bounce in your direction and you got lucky. And, yeah, no, it was just one of those fantastic nights. So I said there wasn't – I don't think anyone played bad that night. <laughs> it, was, think, it was certainly the hottest ticket in town, that's for sure. Sorry? It was certainly the hottest ticket in town for sure. Oh, absolutely. No, it was unbelievable. But to if you went if you go back a step if you go back a step then I mean the week after I think we played either St Kilda or uh, Carlton. Yeah. Sorry. Carlton. Was it? And we got thumped, didn't we? Oh, we lost by about six in the end. That was I've always felt sorry for Tommy Warhurst out of that because you know he was just honest where he said, Oh, you know, he'd have jewels against Kernahan and yeah. Yeah. Sticks had beaten him a few times, and yeah. I think Curls in particular was the one who took exception to that, and it was incredible. Yep. That was virtually the end of Tommy's career at Adelaide. It was bizarre, really. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I stood um, Spalding, I think. I had Spalding that night, uh, yeah, or that day, and he had Coonahan, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think Tommy had a bad day, to be yeah. honest with you. I thought it was ridiculous. And and, and which uh, which goal out of that first game was, uh, was your favourite, personally? Oh... Uh, well, probably the crumbing one. I just came forward in through the half or flank, and, and the ball just fell from the crumb, I think. And I just scooped it up, and I think I drove it about fifty, I think, and and went went through the middle. And 
the second one bad i just i timed it i read the read it just right and he just was going to reel around on his right and he came back the bloke just stopped him and he came back and i was coming inside and i got a handle on the left hand side inside and and popped that one through and then the last one was darren smith who just popped it over i just kind of dribbled into the forward line and no one ever followed me in and i just stood there for about felt like half hours there on my own and he just popped it over to me and i drilled that one so probably the crumbing one the first one you know being the first one two in afl um, and i just yeah it was just one of those lucky and i just screened through and broke the pack and and thumped it through it was a yeah that was probably my favorite one interesting that first year you probably played the plus one role a bit you're ahead of your time and i think king o uh, king o taylor may well have driven driven that idea and yeah. yeah if anyone suited to that role it was you with your running ability and yeah yeah, yeah oh no i i did it i loved it he just they thought i could just i was read i mean i could read the game well and when to go and not to go and you know and and i feel like i had that a bit of a gift that way so and i could feel like i knew when i, I was going to feel like i knew when i could get the footy or or get it to you know come back inside or I get to the stage where you know you could read it properly, and that you know you knew where you were going to be when the where the ball fell or come back inside. You could dribble forward at the right time. So I enjoyed that role. I did. I, I took a few chances, but uh, well, I mean it was just a yeah. I love I love to play put defence into attack. You know quickly. That's what my aim was. Yep. You were certainly ahead of time. Uh, you know that's that's the stock standard these days. That rebound off of half back oh, for sure. It is. Yeah. And I. Yeah, no, well, I certainly, that's why I think, because I, I, I wanted to go back, but I still wanted to I wanted to be a part of the forward too, you know, get through forward, half forward and, you know, try and crack a line or two and, and get through as well. So that was, was my aim. I didn't want to be a deadbeat fullback who stayed at home all the time or a centre-half back who just had six possessions and, and had 13 spoils or something like that. I wanted to run off and... And I, I wanted to get some ball as well. You know, that was my yeah, I, I, that was my theory. Get get you know get some touches and and um, yeah, w- win the footy if I could too. I mean, a lot of those good players took you to the ball too. You know, I stood the Chris Grants and those type of blokes and the Stewie Lowe's. Well, you knew you were in the contest every time anyway because they just take you to the footy. Those blokes every time, so you're in the game all the time, which was great. I loved it. So, of course, you were the first player the Crows played at 50 games, and then. You got injured, I reckon it was against Sydney, on memory, uh, in 93. Then you came back from injury in the finals. And I've always had the debate with you. I still think you had a very good prelim, a very good final, prelim final against Eston, where you've always been hard on yourself for that. And I still think you did a very good job on Herd and and that. Yeah. Yeah. My first half was all right. But I mean, everyone's second half was. I can't watch it, though. I mean, I cannot sit and watch it. I mean, I. I mean, I had a. Well, I didn't play. I yeah, I broke my collarbone and I got myself back. Well, I wasn't. I can tell you now, I wasn't a hundred percent. I I struggled. I I played one, and then I came and then I I played Hawthorne late in the season, and then I missed another week because I got hurt. Gary Ayres ran into my shoulder like again, and I I felt like I'd broken again, and I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. And and then I went back to Norwood and played and um, played against South Adelaide at Footy Park and had a had a good game. Like had a 35 touch game or 33 touch game I think and and then I went over to watch the Hawthorne final the next day as an emergency and um, and then I didn't and then they picked me the week after to play Carlton at, out at the Waverley and we kicked eight goals 20 yeah 
And, um, yeah, Mods kicked one goal six, which never happened through the whole season. He kicked, well, you know, 129 straight goals all season. And then that day he kicked about one six or one seven, I think. And we um, we got done. We should have won that one, really. I felt like we had enough of the footy. Oh, and I had, had a reason, lot of the ball. Reason to say that we had so much of it. And then, yeah, and we, and when, yeah, well, we played the best probably half of footy we played for three years, you know, when we were at the Crows. That half was, you know, that was just fantastic footy, you know. It was, it was just a great vibe in the changing. And I, I honestly think we, um, we thought we were through. You know, we played yeah. a, our best footy in a half. We were unstoppable. You know, everything was just, you know, moving and we were kicking goals. And I mean, we were seven goals up at half time, and we went in and thought, well, I think we were playing the next week already, which yep. was a bit early. Mm-hmm. Who, and I think sorry. Graham, sorry, yeah, Graham tells me the story that he wished. He would, if he had half time again, he would have changed it all. He just went in. I think he thought the same thing. He thought he was, he was, he got ahead of himself too, which we all did too. It wasn't just his fault, but he just said, I got ahead of myself too. I was thinking about next week and, and, and didn't come in with a, you know, we must stick it our effort. You know, we're going, you know, we're going really well. We do this and we, and then, and then as you know, it was the Michael Long story after that, after oh, half time. He just, he got them going and, I mean, and the way they went and we couldn't hold them. Like, yeah. I mean, if Jars kicked that goal after yep. half time, maybe it, things might have changed. That would have been eight goals up. Early you third know, first quarter. two minutes yep. of the third quarter, he could have dropped. And he was only 10 out, you know. And <sighs> if he'd put that through, it would have been eight up. And that might have dropped their whole, you know, they might have dropped their bundle, you know, by then yep. and said it was too hard. But they found a way to get back. And I think we dropped it by 11 points in the end. So that was, yeah, I mean, that one that got away. That was a grand final that got away. That, that was achievable, winning a grand final that year. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, we could have we could have beaten Carlton, so no Definitely. doubt about that. And and who who would you say in your AFL career was your your toughest opponent? No, oh, or best opponent a, you played against? Yeah, I mean, I stood all those bigger guys. I mean, like I said, Spalding. I mean, I even got to stand Lockett a couple of times, or a match and a half. And I stood Brereton, and and I stood Stewie Low. He was always difficult. You know, his hands and his marking ability was. Hard work. I got Kerry early in his career, so he wasn't he wasn't quite there. I call it. He didn't have the work ethic when I stood him, so I didn't have too much trouble with him. But the next, I'm glad I wasn't there after '95 because that's when he really stamped his authority on AFL uh, footy. <laughs> he um, got himself going, but I stood him as a younger, bit immature, I think he was, and but he certainly became well. He, as we know, he was a great player. Mm. So, and I got and Chris Grant. I I, I rate him highly too. He was. A terrific player too, and and all that as well. So I got to stand a lot, but I, I don't know. They're all different. So and the famous the famous story rocket. Come on, let's let's uh, have your your side of it. The famous locket story, telling you, uh, oh. you know, go for it, rocket. <laughs> oh well, uh, it was just one of those. I mean, he he already kicked eight, I think it was, and it was halfway through the third quarter, and I think well, Danny Hughes had had a go, and he got hurt. I think Tony ran over him with a with a hip and shoulder and he was off. He, he went off on a stretcher, I think, and then Nigel had a go and and then and then he, he got a couple kicked on him, I think. And so and then I got and then Trevor Jakes was heading my way and I've gone, Oh no, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And Trevor goes, Yes, Rodney, you're going back on locket and I've gone, Oh, oh, oh Trevor, no. Ouch. Trevor, no. And he goes and I said, Oh, I went back there and, and I the first ball came in and you know, in the olden days, you used to grab their guernsey so I could climb up his back a bit and um, and punch it away, you know, just to support yourself so you don't fall off him. Yeah. Or so you grab their guernsey and you keep them nice and close and you punch it away. 
and he just looked at me, stood at me, and stared at me, and said, oh, "If you, if you ever hang on to my Guernsey again, you, you know what, you know what happened to Danny Hughes." And I'm thinking, "Oh, yeah." Well, and he goes, "Well, he went off on a stretcher, didn't he, mate? That, that'll be you. that'll be you. That will be you in five minutes if you're going to hang on my Guernsey." So I, I think Lockett had told that to a few guys, <laughs> to be honest oh, with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't the only one. Yep. Well, what, what happened to poor old Peter Cogan? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I stood off him and then, and, and um, yeah, tried. But he only kicked a couple on me. But then I got another go at him at Footy Park about, I don't know whether it was the same year or the year later, because we had a few out too. And, of course, Graham threw me the task to go back to full back on Tony as well. And, yeah, that was a tough gig. I mean, I um, I, I was well, um, well, I mean, I felt like I had a fair game, you know, and, and I didn't know how many he kicked, but he kicked ten anyway, <laughs> and we still won. And we still won the game, but I, I felt like, oh well, I had twenty possessions too. I thought I had a pretty, you know, pretty high. You know, took nine marks or something, and thought, God, I didn't have a bad go. But I, I thought he might have kicked six, seven maybe. But then I looked up on the scoreboard in the game, and he's kicked ten. And I've gone, oh God, that deflated me. <laughs> Fair enough. To so, but he, but that was just. It. I mean, they always look for him. He was. Even if it was a ten meter kick, he, and if he did, if they didn't kick it to him, whew, did they get told? That's yeah. how that's how much he drawed the ball. Yeah. You know, he was just he just drawed it to him, and if they didn't kick it to him, whoo, they get that look. You know, that stare down. Like he had that he had that impact on on their class as well. So. And the frustration, yeah. Rod Rocket, when you ended up going back and forth with Nord and the bizarre yeah. night, and it was actually the yeah, famous was, Gary McIntosh night against Central was at Footy Park where you sat on the bench the whole night. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I, I, I don't know. I, mm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what Craigie was. I don't know whether he had the crows in the gun or I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I love Norwood Footy Club and I tried to keep telling that, but he'd want to meet with me every Friday night and talk to me about, you know, he was worried that I wasn't, wasn't there for the right reasons. And I, I said to him, well, I'm not at the Crows. I mean, this is the only other club I'd ever want to play for. I said, no, is my home, you know. But but I sat on the bench, I reckon, for 10, probably longer. I probably sat on the bench for 14 weeks. I, I admit, uh, Rocket, that when, I admit when I did interview Craigie for you know, the article in my book on Craigie, I... I did well and truly make that point that, yeah, Rocket was red and blue blooded. I said, Jesus, Craigie, that was bloody ridiculous. And it was interesting conversation. Look, he, yeah, he, he did. You're right. He seemed convinced that Rowie was the one, was the red and blue one. And yeah, I, to this day, I vehemently disagree with Neil on that one. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I do. Too. I was, I was rubbish. Well, one week, I can tell you. Well, it happened about 13 weeks in a row. All, all the season, he put me on. He wouldn't put me on for the first half. But I, I'd have to sit there and bide my time. And every time at half time, he'd say, "Right, I may not half or play." I'll go, "Right, thanks, Neil." And the way I go, and every week I'd have fifteen plus like it possessions every week. You know, I was I was playing. I'd go on and I'd go on with the right attitude, and I, I was and I kicked two or three every week. But and I thought, God, I was, I'm I'm in I'm in, I'm, bad, I'm not in bad touch, you know. I and I thought, God, I'll start next week. Maynard, you're on the bench. Yeah, right, eh? Crazy. So I said, well, then, after about six weeks, he rang me and said, on a Friday night after we'd spoken, he said, all right, made a decision. Going to play in the reserves today. This is down at Glenelg. We're going to play in the reserves. And I've gone, what? He goes, oh, well, I'm just, 
thinking that you need a full game and we're going to play in the reserves in the centre. I'm there going, oh, I didn't comment. I just said, righto, whatever. I said, what's the report time? Well, then I get an am call back about an hour later. He goes, Perry's pulled out. You're, you're in, in the league side. And I'm going, oh, beauty, I'm starting. No, you're on the bench. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and I've gone, oh, righto. And I went on and had 18 possessions that day too at the Bay. And Well, then it got towards the end of the season and the, and the finals. Well, then I, I was full, full noise. He said, right, you're starting. You know, it was about the 20th round. He said, right, you're starting. You're ruck roving with McIntosh, you know, on a half or a faint. I've gone, you beauty, you know. And we, you know, we, we got to the prelim that year, but yeah. I, got, I got badly hurt in that game, in that prelim, and, and I struggled after half-time. I think I had a corky that was as... I probably wouldn't have played the next week anyway. I was, I was bleeding that badly, and, and, and big Matthew promised Todd on my toe. I broke my big toe. That's right. Wow. In the second quarter, I had to have injections in that at half-time. I said, doctors, put, put a needle in there. Just give it and just numb it up so I can play. And, but... My corky certainly. I was I was pretty well buggered. I was struggling big time, and but yeah, I was yeah. But I don't think I don't. I know. I mean, Macca and I get on really well, but I, I think Macca thought I wasn't there for the right reasons as well. Until I started playing a few games and you know and gritting my teeth and digging in like I would for Norwood any any match. And I think he said he apologised to me about a few days later and said, "No, I know you were having a crack, and I, I apologise." and and it wasn't you were there for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. So I said, "Oh well, I'm, I'm just glad you know I was. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't want people to think I was there for. I didn't want to be at Norwood because Norwood was my club. I said I, I love the Norwood Footy Club. Right, mate. Yeah. Well, look, I can I, remember you and I having a beer together that night discussing the future, and yeah, yeah, I do remember that very vividly. Of course, I used to spend a bit of time at your place, and Cheryl may have said on a few occasions, hadn't didn't I have a home to go to? And I said, oh, I'm quite happy here, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. I yeah, probably I'll wasn't talk- her favourite person there for a while, mate. Oh, well, mate, she knew how I love talking football anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, she's had to live it with a we live it with her whole life, but she's she's enjoyed every minute of it because I got to meet so many people, and she's been on my side. And I get she gets she's had some good some terrific times as well. Don't you worry. Like she says, she gets mad with me talking footy, but I mean, she loves coming and and meeting people as well. So, yeah, she's enjoyed that side of it. So, uh, obviously, after leaving uh, the AFL and, and, and Norwood, you head back home to Lamaroo. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, underneath, I couldn't wait because, I mean, I think, I mean, Norwood and that, I would have loved, I, mean, I nearly stayed for another year under Peter Road. I, 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 I nearly did, but I, I, I'd said I wanted to make the commitment back to the farm because Bretton and Dad were buying more land. And I said I always wanted to come home and there was property you know, corresponding with our next to our property, you know, and and we were, it was silly not to buy them at the time because we wanted to get bigger. And so I said, no, no, I was ready for home. But I, and but then um, I think Colin is it Colin Rickus? It was either president, um, is it Colin or Norwood president? Yeah, Rick, Colin, um, Rick, Rickus was it? Yeah. Rickus. Um, That's annoying me now. I feel terrible, Rocket. Yeah, keep, I do. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, he. Um, he came as president and drove up and saw me and he said, I'll come up and get you every week. I'll come and drive you there. Because I said, oh, you know, I did a lot of driving in my time. I don't really want to start driving. He said, I'll come and get you. I'll come, we'll fly you down some weeks. It'll be all right. We'll get you there. You know, just play another season for us. You know, and I'm there going, oh. But I, di- I didn't in the end. And I, I probably ruined it. I wish I stayed another year yeah. or two. Because, yeah, I wish I did. 
but because I think Peter Rode not well, I got on really well. He came and saw me as well and wanted me to play, and I got on with him really well too. And, and I do now, you know, I met him a couple of times again, and we we do get on. Well, I wish John wish John Rickus, yeah, John Rickus, that's yes. it. Yep, and um, yeah. So, but I didn't in the end. But I I underneath, I wanted to come home and play with Breton and and. And I had a lot of mates here that that were farmers and that I left 12 years prior and hadn't played with them and, and some really good mates that I still were involved with because I was still living at home a lot, especially at Norwood. And then when I went to Adelaide to live for five years, well, I still come home and see them and watch games. And, and I, I was just looking forward to playing with some old mates and my, my local club. And I, I'm glad I did make the decision. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And we won a flag the first year, which was because I was driving the women. That won two already and I and I, I kind of think I got them up again because I was that keen they kind of said oh, it's only a grand final on there going well hey you go, mate I haven't won one for 10 years but you know I'm I'm ready <laughs> yeah so I pushed hard and and um, we got there and we won quite a few in that that first five or six year period that I was home I think we won five out of seven or something I think or five only, out of so you played 206 games for Lamarie you know Incredible! You've played well over. It's nearly four hundred and fifty senior games in the end, effectively. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably played a lot more than that too, with trial games and, and escort cup games that they didn't count, and and a lot of other, and and then all my association games and state country. That's not included in all them either. And so, so six six, yeah, six male, male medals. medals. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and Brenton yeah, as well. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I was lucky. Brenton kind of he was older and. He was. He won the. Well, was it with the Maynards? Hogged it for a while there. He won the four before I came home, and then I won six after I was home, and so we kind of hogged the show for a while. Put but, a mortgage uh, on it. Yeah, we did, and um, yeah, oh, I was lucky. I mean, I I came home fit. You know, I, I've never been as fit as I was, and I came home and playing against you know footballers of the caliber of most of the AFL footballers. You come home with you know you're stronger, but you know you feel like you're stronger and, and fitter and you know you're hungrier and yeah so that that helped I mean the first four or five years I was still you know I was only 30 when I come home I was only 30 you know I was in my prime really I felt like you learned a lot about the game and you know and and all that I wasn't ready to coach straight away I wanted to just come home and play and just enjoy it again you know so Rocket let's go back to on your running side of things is it true or myth that you actually got banned by the crows at one stage from running because your body fat ratio had started to get too low. It was. I lost a lot of weight. I was down to eighty three or eighty four, and I should have been up around the eighty eight to ninety. And I just got myself extremely fit and healthy, and and I got myself a bit light, but I was still fit. I wasn't unwell or anything. I but they just yeah they told me I I was just well I was working hard too at Wixies in the summertime there pre season. I was out in the sun and. And shoveling, you know, digging trenches and and all that as well. So, I mean, it wasn't easy to put on weight out there either, you know. So they made me stop working there as well because I went back and worked for Wixie for a couple of years, you know, my mate, and that when I was at the Crows because I painted for the first couple of years with Roger and Rowie and then I went and worked with Wixie just for a change and then and they, they more or less told me I wasn't allowed to work out there anymore because I was working too hard and I was coming to training too tired and, and flat and, and that well, I did some days. I was knackered because we were digging, and and I was a farmer. I just used to work and and all that. But it was taking its toll on, and training as well, and and my footy a bit, I think. But and like I said, I couldn't put on, seem to put on any power, you know, power weight and that. So I did get myself probably too fit. Well, I just became a running machine. That's what I become. I was swerdy and me and lip tack and that. We were just 
you know, any excuse we'd get, we'd run, you know, but we were fit, you know. We There's still marks the on pain them over from you from all your running you did there, yeah, mate. I, yeah, I joined you occasionally, but I certainly never kept up with you for too long. That's what no, all those no. wear marks are. <laughs> no, I loved it. I, I, I did it for a lot when I came home to it. I only just stopped when I was 50. I used to run right up until I was about 50, and the last five years I've probably slowed up a bit. And I do a lot more walking nowadays, but in those first few years, I used to run into Lamaroo, my farm was... <laughs> 17 k's out, and I used to run the Lamaroo, you wow. know. And sure, I'd work, you know, I'd, I'd knock off and run in at four o'clock, take me an hour and 20 or something, and then I'd run and go home with her then, you know, to keep myself fit and that as well. Wow. So, and, and obviously, I, I, um, at the moment, mate, um, the uh, La- uh, Mali League uh, unfortunately has um, ceased to exist. Yeah, well, it's in the process. Um, yeah, Nick, it's um, it, it's all happening now. I mean, we've just got to be accepted by the River Murray and I mean, Karunda and well, as you know, Borders left us in the lurch. Well, left us about you know they were on the move about oh, three four months ago. They said they were going to quit the league, and um, that kind of put pressure on us. And then, well, we thought we were going to go in with the five team competition then with Karunda and and Peak and Lamaru Pinaru Marvel, but then Karunda came to us. Oh, it was just after the grand final said, well, realistically, we feel like we cannot get a side on the park next year with volunteers and numbers and all that. We're done, I think. There'll be no 2023 for the crew in the footy club. So it all started a process and we thought, well, hell. And then they'd obviously spoken to Peak and then it all evolved from there. And, and then they said they were going to... So we were left down to three teams, which wasn't going to work here. Like, I mean, wow. Marvel, Pinaru, Lamaru. So... We jumped on and spoke to Pinaru and said, well, we better get something moving here. We, we better talk and, and get things moving if we're going to decide to um, merge and, and go together and, and move on. And then Marvel decided, well, they were going to go into the Murray Valley, Murray Valley Footy League, which is the independent league. So, no, we're in the process of now getting our colours and, and getting accepted into the River Murray, which will make their team a 19 competition with 18, with, not, with uh, 16 rounds. So you'll play each side twice. And then you'll have there's a buyers involved as well, and then there'll be um, so it'll be a 19 week competition over with those nine teams, and um, yeah, so that's what it'll be. But we haven't been accepted yet, but it's all yes, NFL won't not let it happen. And, and our merge was we thought we'd go to the Riverland because we had access from Alawoon up through there, and Pinaru had access that way. But the vibe in our community was to go to the west, which was to the River Murray, because then they could push on to Adelaide. A lot of kids at colleges at school and. And they could shop yep. and go back home and, and, and all that. So the vibe, well, 70 80% of the vibe was to go that way. So we've, that's where we're going to apply for. So the Riverland won't get our company. We're, it'll go to the River Murray. So um, Pinner and us are in the process now to getting our name, colours. And I'm on the recruiting. We're getting all our recruiting. I'm just about to speak to Nick Hyde. He rang me before. I meant to ring him back in a minute. And he's um, we're in re- busily recruiting some players at this stage to come back and Represent whatever we call. I mean, my the Maynard I, Menzel Football Club. Sorry, no, the, the Maynard Southern, Menzel Football Club. I the, would have thought. Yeah, Southern Mallee Giants. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds yeah. okay. There was a yeah. little post uh, going around online. The the Mallee Bulls. Yeah, well, the Mallee, but we don't know what Karunda and um, Karunda and Peak are going to do yet. So we just got to probably find out a little bit of information what what they're heading to, and then we 
But we were talking, if we went to the Giants, we could use the GWS Guernseys because there's no one in the River Murray that way. That's what I'm thinking anyway. But they, that makes sense. They, they might, the survey might show other colours and different names and all that, but they had it out there the other night. And we, Cheryl and I said the Southern Valley Giants, and I thought the GWS colours are pretty good and, and they're, you know, easily off the shelf. You know, your orange scarves and, your, you know, and, and all that stuff. It's the memorabilia. You can get it a bit easy if you go and have a club that you, you know, yeah. that's in the or something so and, and it'd work in the river Murray, but that might change because i mean i'm only one voice so yeah rodney one more serious question about the whole country sporting side of things not just footy as no. we know country you know populations decreasing in the country you know machinery taking places jobs all that and i just don't think the afl etc realize just how vital sport is to a country community basically you know if a person doesn't get involved in sport in the country eventually ostracized and they don't become a member of the community and the whole mental health side of things and that i just think is being grossly underestimated at afl government level and all that just how important sport is and yeah I, i certainly don't know a solution but i just I just can't believe that there's not more support being given overall to country sports. I'm not just talking oh, footy. They took their grassroots footy and all this, and they feel get heaps of money and put it back into the country. Well, I mean, our sports, summer sports here are shot, like our cricket team. We have not got a cricket team in Lamarine now. We barely have a tennis team, and we and now we won't have any footy, really. Well, we have footy here four weeks of the year and four at peak, but foot, there's just sport here. I mean, and we need it. And yeah. I mean, I don't need to talk about this out of regard, but it's just mental health too. People love socialising and getting out and talking about it's their, vital. you know, their farming, and 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 it's so important for country people to get out. I mean, if we all stayed home and worked every week, well, there's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot of trouble, I feel. But I mean, summer sports tough. I mean, we just haven't got any commitment here anymore. That we haven't got the numbers. I mean, I was playing my under sixteen Colts team this year, senior Colts. I only had six regulars. So we were playing these combined games, you know, against, you know, with Peak and Lamaru combined against yeah. Karunda and Borders and, and, and Border Downstream, things like that, to try and get 16 or 18 on a foot field so they'd have a competitive game. And that was working ironically. But the parents, that's the main key why we're changing our league too is because we we're merging with another league is because we've got no juniors. And, yeah. I mean, parents are worried about the kids not getting good enough and, enough footy so and i can understand that immensely because if i was there playing and playing six aside or seven aside well it just feels like they're not going to get any better and they want to go to a league where there's numbers and you know where they can get better and and play so that's our biggest issue here is our juniors our senior footy was going along all right but it was our under 16 level that was uh, depleted and 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 i said before you know i just think we need footy in country in country towns because it's going to quieten up our town you know if we it's even going to make it when we go to the River Murray, I mean, you know, we do come back here, like I said, a few weeks and that, but the town is going to quieten down and get quieter. I mean, yeah. And it's just not the numbers around now. I can't believe that there's just no senior cults. There's the juniors, you know, they're playing with 12 or 13, you know. We just can't feel 18 the sides. Not like Scary. 10, 15 years ago. It's, and cricket, tennis, they're all, it's all, even golf, you go and play golf, there's only, you know, you might get 16 out for the Saturday. It's not great. I mean, yeah, sport in the country is depleted completely. And, I mean, football, yeah, I just think, that, I mean, the AFL could have did more, but I don't know, what can you do more about numbers? So yeah. That's, it's my biggest question. So, yeah. yeah. There's certainly no obvious solution. 
No, there's not. No, no, no. There's, I mean, we can bitch and holler about them and, and yeah, but if, if there's no numbers, you can't do anything without numbers, can you? So, I mean, we'll just have to move on and hopefully it makes it better for the kids down at, in the River Murray and we can get 16 or, you know, 15 or 16 on the side, you know, if we can, because there'll be three juniors down there under 18, 15s and 13s, I think it is, or something. I'm, I'm not sure what they've come up with. They used to have four, but it's going to go back to three, I think, so because of numbers and that. In, and, and they're having trouble in the River Murray too. They can't feel full sides either. So it's not just us out no. here, you know, 200 kilometres away. It's teams that it's towns that are 100 kilometres away from Adelaide as well. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. Rocket, as you and yeah, you and I and that have always loved to chat about footy and uh, yeah, yeah. Look, Hall of, member of the South Australian Footy Hall of Fame, Nord Hall of Fame. You know, being there the night when you were inducted in the Nord Hall of Fame. Yep. Obviously, you know how much. Nord Footy Club, etc., and the yep. Crows, and that mean to you. Greatly privileged having you aboard tonight, Rock. No worries. No, thanks, guys. Love to have a chat. You know that. Love to talk footy. <laughs> Thank you, Rocket. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to go down memory lane with you and, and, and discuss a few things, obviously, uh, about you personally. But, yeah, we, we really wanted to touch base about the Mallee League, and um, we're sorry to see that, uh, that that country sport is just struggling a little bit at the moment. But, hey, it, it can always come back. It can always come back. And yeah. You know, if we put enough pressure on the uh, AFL and the SNFL, um, hopefully we can get something done. Thanks, That's Rocket. right. Oh, we'll be going down to Pinner, I mean, Murray Bridge, and, and giving it all we got. We're going to make sure we, we're not making up the numbers. We'll be, we'll be taking it pretty seriously and knocking a few doors down if we can. So, no, thanks, you guys. That's great. So thanks, Rocket. Look forward to catching up in the footy season, mate. See you, mate. Catch Thank up. Thank you. Cheers. See you.